0: Uh, we've been announcing the last few Sundays. Next Saturday, May 28th at 4 p.m., we're going to be celebrating our dear sister Thelma. Wonderful life. And uh, we've been working with her son, Dennis, in preparing the memorial service. So we want to invite all of you, uh, if you knew Thelma and you want to just have a time with her and her family, uh, next Saturday, 4 p.m. And uh, again, if you would like to help at all, um, You can see, uh, email or text pastor Tyler. Uh, we're still looking for people to help if you'd like to help in any way. Um, and again, it's a celebration of life. Uh, she's with the Lord and, uh, man, uh, we'd look forward to, to just celebrating uh, next Saturday at 4 PM. Okay. Jordan.
1: Well, hello everyone. Just a quick youth announcement. It's a special one. So you may know it's coming down to the end of the school year. Uh, so graduating students, although we don't have any, uh, you know, that come here regularly that are graduating, but we will be uh, inviting the new sixth grade students, or if they, ha- or if you haven't come to youth group this Wednesday, it's going to be kind of an orientation. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, a normal, you know, style of youth group. We're just going to be inviting all the new uh, kiddos in uh, to join us on Wednesdays. And so with this. I mean, we'll probably have some games and food and snacks and uh, just have some fun. So they'll also be invited to do some of the summer stuff that we'll be doing. Um, you know, we're, we're probably going to be going to Magic Mountain, so uh, we'll be updating you guys on that later. But we invite you guys to come out uh, on this Wednesday uh, if you have some new students to, to join us for a youth group.
0: I, uh, I appreciate the elders here. They're very guarded about my time and, and me getting burned out and all that, and um... Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, and um, people are out of town. May happens to be the month of travel and and other commitments, and so uh, you know. Okay, I was reminded as uh, rehearsing at home, and I was you know chatting with my wife, and she goes, "Honey, remember you started the church just you and Cindy's living room. So it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, right? And and sometimes it's good to remember where we from whence we came." And the simplicity of it—that we started with ten or twelve of us at so a house right over here, this neighborhood—and um, we didn't have all the fancy, fancy lights and technology. And uh, by golly, look what the Lord has done! Amen? Amen. And and that's that's the beauty of of the gospel, You know, we were talking uh, earlier about people being gone and, and a new kind of a new crew back there on the bridge doing a great job and. And then, you know, you open the the Gospels and you look at the early church and it was a mess, right? Acts 2, word goes forth, 3,000 people are saved. Now what? (laughs) Right? And it was a scramble. It was a scramble. Sometimes we sanitize it and we think, oh yeah, they just went to church the next Sunday. There were no churches. There were no buildings. Many of them had been pilgrims coming into Jerusalem and decided to stay, so now there was food, clothing, and shelter needs, and you know the church leadership, whatever that might have looked like, as they were being recruited and anointed right then and there, were scrambling, and and so I think sometimes we gotta just remember, as much as we celebrate and want to use technology to its utmost, uh, that ultimately it's the Lord. It really, it really is. And even through the pandemic, when we couldn't meet here physically, and we were just doing live stream, and I share with you as a camera and me, and I would preach to an empty room and preach to you at home, you know. Uh, God actually grew the church, right? People from other states have joined us over the last two years in Southern California, Northern California. And uh, so God truly does work all things for the good. And, and again, uh, this Sunday just happens to be one of those Sundays where we put on different hats and serve the Lord to your best of your ability. Amen. And again, thank you for everyone who serves here faithfully. You know, we, we do have a crew that arrives at 8, 8.30 to get the coffee and everything and the kingdom kids. And uh, we are really blessed by many of you who serve and give faithfully. So thank you for that. And we're going to continue uh, looking at Philippians chapter 3 this morning. And again, Philippians chapter 3 is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the believers in the city called Philippi. And the Apostle Paul is really in this chapter sharing a bit of his testimony, a bit of his story. And in Philippians 3, we've seen in the last couple of weeks, uh, verses 2 through 7, we saw really the Apostle Paul's journey to faith. And last, last uh, Sunday, what we saw was, was really the Apostle Paul uh, had a challenge. And our challenge from last Sunday was his value system got flipped, Right? And, and he says, you know what, now, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, I count everything as loss, right? I count everything as loss. And so, you know, there's a value system that, that really got shifted. And, and we asked a question last Sunday, well, what is of surpassing worth to you? What, what do you value most in your life? And, and, and then the application is, well, how does Jesus compare to that? How do those two compare? Because the Apostle Paul, in this radical transformation, he comes to this place where he says, you know what? I value, I want to know, I want to gain Christ, I I want him to be my all in all so much, it is of such value to me that everything else in my life is like rubbish. And that word along actually means rubbish or dung, excrement. I'm like, wow. Lord, do I do I value knowing you that much? Where are my values? And and it's a it's an important question because our lives and if you want to get real practical, our are, are you know if you t- if you kept a time journal and you look at your checkbook and you know everything like that, our life reveals our values. You, you really can't hide that, right? And and so that was what we focused on last week was this radical uh Transformation in Paul's value system, and we're going to kind of camp around the same area because this week we're going to look at Paul's radical transformation in his purpose for living. Now that he has come to know Jesus, what is his purpose? Right, and and that I don't know if, if you or or you know ever spent any time actually asking yourself, maybe in a broad sense, right? What is my purpose? Just in the broad broad, as a human being on planet Earth, what is my purpose for the time that I have on this planet? Okay, just broad terms. I'm not even putting a Christian spin on this just yet. Just as a human being, right? Do you ever wrestle with why am I here? What's my purpose, right? And that's, that's, again, a very profound and a very important question at the human level because if you don't have a kind of a clear purpose, you can get sort of sidetracked and taken down a whole bunch of different rabbit holes, either searching for a purpose or people telling you what your purpose should be, right? And we're going to look at the Apostle Paul and what happened to his purpose. And, and, and it's, it's a question. And so if we bring it into the church, because he's writing a letter to the church. So church, now that you're a follower of Jesus, what is your purpose? And where'd you get it from? What is your purpose? Because the Apostle Paul, the Philippians 3 verses 2 to 11, really there's, there's two sections to it two through seven, he comes to know Jesus and his world is turned upside down because he understands he's saved by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ alone, right? Not by works. So he comes to that realization. And then between seven and seven and eight, and so eight, nine, 10, 11, he begins to share where he is now and how this salvation has transformed his, first his values into his purpose. And so I wanna ask you, as a believer, how has your relationship with Jesus transformed your purpose what is what is your purpose right and and I remember it made me think way back in the end of, as I was ending college, uh, me and my roommate were at u c l a and you know I kind of had i was raised with this general purpose that you're supposed to be successful right you're supposed to be responsible you're supposed to get married supposed to right the 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 general American dream purpose uh kind of raised with the American dream purpose, and it was so funny that I, I, I think of this because I, I look back on my life and how purposeless I was and how not having a real clear purpose can really impact some major life decisions. So we're seniors at UCLA, uh, both doing pretty well in school, and we literally, I forget, had to be maybe end of junior year, end of our senior, beginning of our senior year, and we literally looked at each other and said, what are you going to do after this? What are you going to do? Because he was raised in Orange County from Irvine, so again, very success-oriented home, and he knew the general American dream purpose. That's why we were both at UCLA, right? But we really didn't have a clear purpose other than this very broad, vague thing. So we literally looked at each other, and we both said, let's go to law school. No passion for it. It wasn't a deep purpose. It wasn't to fulfill any significant thing. It was just... We had no other purpose other than to pursue this broad American dream purpose of success in American culture, material, whatever. And so he ended up going to San Francisco, law school up in San Francisco. I went to University of San Diego before I came into ministry. But I look back on that, and we just literally flippantly said, well, let's just go to law school. Because I guess we're supposed to. It's the, it's, it's the next step to this very general, broad purpose of success in the American dream, right? And so I bring that because if you're not clear about your purpose as a believer, why do you do what you do? Like, for instance, and, and, and again, I'm celebrating everyone here. I'm celebrating everyone online. I'm celebrating, you know, those who will watch this later, okay? This is not a knock on, on anyone here, but the question is, why are you here? Is your church attendance serving a greater purpose? Or is this a, a check? This was the purpose. Is reading your Bible serving a higher purpose? Is attending men's group, women's group, Bible study, serving a higher purpose? Or are they just ends in and of themselves Because you're supposed to, because it's in a broad category of this is what Christians do. Do you see? Right? Like what, literally, you're here today. And so this is a great example for us who are here and those online, live right now, to ask the question, what purpose is this serving? What greater purpose is coming to church regularly, getting up early, committing, which I celebrate, please by all means continue, right? But is this moment, right here, connected to a bigger purpose. Because if it is, that changes your enthusiasm. It changes everything about it. If it's the end in and of itself, and now you went to church because that's what Christians do, because I'm supposed to, radical a whole different experience here today. Right? And, and so I lay that framework because it's an important it's an important issue to really even wrestle with and I'm hoping that through the Apostle Paul's example that some light bulbs will go on, boom. Because you're gonna see him, he's writing this after his where he met Jesus on the Damascus Road. Some say this is 20 to 30 years into his walk of faith, okay? So if you've been at church any, for many years and you're already struggling like, I don't even know why I'm here. That's okay? I'm hoping that by the time you leave this morning, you go, ah, now I know why I went to the well. (laughs) You know? Nothing in bad in and of itself, except for the fact that a lot of us don't know really kind of the purpose, right? And why might that be? Well, we're going to look at this more next week when we talk about the resurrection. But one of the reasons that maybe you've never really asked yourself, well, what is the purpose? As a What is my purpose as a follower of Jesus? Is because we tend to, when we share the gospel, we tend to really emphasize or limit it to Jesus died for you. And you're saved by grace through faith, right? And so what we tend to do, the gospel means good news. We tend to say that, hey, the gospel is pretty much about getting, getting to this place of faith, where you put your faith in Jesus, and then you have a legal declaration made that you're justified, right? Now, Romans 5.1 says, right, uh, we are justified by grace through faith, right? So justified, remember, God the judge, right? Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God, right? So the justification is God the judge, legal declaration. You are declared, not guilty, fully righteous, Amen? Okay, and we go, good news, declared, legal declaration made, not guilty, fully righteous. Amen, Randy? And then we stop. That's what we tend to do. We tend to stop right there. And you're like, woohoo, you're saved, yes, and we celebrate it. Uh, Heaven goes crazy, amen, right? Now what? I got my ticket to heaven name's written in the book of life, clothed in the righteousness of Christ. God loves me. I'm his child. Now what? And with the best of intentions, we, pastors, church leaders, will say, now what? Go to church. Get involved. Serve. Read your Bible. Pray. And so we send you off the now what? The purpose becomes attached to activity. And so you start, right? I legal declaration into activity. And you're like, and after a while, like, is this is this a, is this the purpose of Christianity? Is just more doing and being a good moral person and being a better version of myself and being a good moral person. And if we don't really understand where you go from a legal declaration. Your Christianity can kind of just stagnate. Because you don't have any purpose. It's just checking boxes and doing things that are good. Okay? I'm not saying going building houses and anything. It's all good. Except you don't know why you're doing it. Because we said it was good for you, right? Because you trust us and we say, hey, come on, Barry. This is good for you. Open. Right? And we do kind of like, here's the Bible, open, open. And you're like, okay, Pastor, I'll do it because you said so. But how many of you, literally growing up, whether it's at school or with your parents, they ask you to do something. And how many of you said, why? Anyone? Why? You ever sit in like, whatever, geometry, and you're like, when are we ever going to use this? What is the purpose of, you know, a theory, theory, right? The side angle, side angle, angle, angle. I'm like, what is the purpose of this, right? And so sometimes we'll do things because, you know, we want to obey and we want to please people and we kind of know it's good for us, but a deep unifying purpose, Mm -hmm. right? And so sometimes, and again, this might help some of you who've been in church a long time, where the gospel, the good news, only emphasized the legal declaration part. That's all true. But that just was the launch. That's just the launch, okay? So if you're saved today, how many of you celebrate the legal declaration that you're justified? Amen? You should celebrate that. Woohoo! Right? Now, what happens in verse 8, 9, 10, 11, Paul goes from, and this is the title of the sermon, he goes from a legal declaration to a loving relationship. That's what is supposed to happen. Now, I've I've had the privilege to marry several couples over the years, right? And at a certain point, I make a declaration. It's one of the things that I need to say by the power vested in me, by as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the state of California I now pronounce you husband and wife. I make a legal declaration, right? Now that is supposed to launch them into a loving relationship. A covenant relationship. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Amen. A loving Okay, legal declaration into loving relationship. Amen. <laughs> you feel like oh, that's that's what was supposed to happen. I thought it was just a legal declaration. And then stuff to do. It went from legal declaration to honeydews. Isn't that weird? <laughs> legal declaration to honey. Well, that's kind of like legal declaration to churchy-doos. Right? So the legal declaration in a marriage covenant is supposed to launch you into a loving relationship. The legal declaration when you come to faith in Christ is supposed to launch you into a loving relationship. Amen? Out of that loving relationship with Jesus, all of this is supposed to flow because church attendance, reading your Bible, prayer, fellowship, everything you do is supposed to enhance the relationship. It comes out of the relationship and flips around to enhance it. Amen? It's the relationship that unifies. And here's, the, here's, what, here's how Paul says it, okay? He says in verse uh, Philippians 3.8, we'll we go back, it says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So the first part of that was his values. Today we're focusing on what comes after the comma at the end. In order that I may gain Christ. Everyone say that. Okay, you see that word again in Philippians 3.10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That word, that, if you're comfortable writing in your Bibles and all that, you may want to circle that, underline it. That is what they call a term of purpose. He is telling us, okay, moving forward, I celebrate a legal declaration by grace through faith in Jesus. Verse 8 and 10, he says, now my purpose, that, I gain him and know him. His purpose, moving forward after 20 years and continuing on, is to know Jesus. That's his purpose. Now, that's kind of something that's challenging because we've equated churchdom in much or more of a doing thing than a relational thing. You're going to have to chew on this we we try to encourage you to grow in your faith oftentimes by doing certain disciplines and the disciplines are good but the disciplines are supposed to be serving a higher purpose but what happens is over time the discipline becomes the end in and of itself and we're doing this discipline and because we sort of check the box it's not serving the higher purpose anymore of us getting to know Christ we're just doing it over and over. It's not serving me knowing him, okay? And, and so David Guzik says it this way. To know Jesus is not the same as knowing his historical life. It is not the same as knowing correct doctrines regarding Jesus. It is not the same as knowing his moral example. And it is not the same as knowing his great work on our behalf, okay? Why is that important? Because again, if we're not careful, the Apostle Paul says, That I may know him. That word know is gnosko. Everyone say gnosko. Gnosko is experiential, intimate, relational knowing. It's not knowing about, okay? Why is that important? Because, again, in church, when you come to VBS and then you go to youth group and then you come to big church, adult church, we teach you a lot about Jesus. We teach you doctrine. We teach you a lot about the faith. And if you're not careful, you equate what you know about Jesus to knowing him. Big difference. It's kind of like if you were in a relationship for, with someone for years and you're, you've done a lot together and you look at them one day and you go like, I don't really know you. I know a lot about you, but I'm not sure I really know you, right? Right? And so, what has happened in the church is that we teach you a lot about the Bible and about characters and about spiritual growth. And I'm not so sure at times we got it right. Because then you're able to parrot it back to us and give us right answers. But it doesn't necessarily mean you've known Jesus better. In fact, If you're not careful, they say knowledge puffs up. And so what happens is you start to go down the academic knowledge acquisition mode and you think that that means you're spiritually mature when it's actually sending you down the self-righteous prideful route. Big difference. The apostle Paul says, I want to know him. It's kind of like if I had an apple, right? I could tell you all about the apple. Fuji apple, it's red, bought it from Costco, whatever. I could tell you all about it, right? But in order for Barry to know the apple, what would Barry need to do? Take a bite. Then he could gnosco the apple, right? Until he takes the bite, he just knows about it. But when he bites it, that's gnosco. That's what Paul is saying. I want to know Jesus experientially. I want to know him relationally in every area of my life. That's what our purpose should be. That's why we come here. When you come to church, it should enhance you knowing Jesus. Okay? That's why I say, you know, I've I've been in mega churches. I've served in mega churches down in San Diego. And I'm always very concerned when people are more excited about the church they attend than Jesus. They get very excited. They'll talk to people about their church. You got to come to my church. My church has great music. My church has And it's all good, but they're celebrating their church more than Jesus. That's that's what has happened, where we have to be careful that you coming here, and then, you know, the men's group that that met, great group of guys meeting Sunday morning, uh, 9 o'clock, Jody and Matt, commercial plug, great group. If you wanted to join it, men, you should join it. But now, men, why should you be in that group? What purpose should that group be serving? To help you know Jesus better. If you're going to the group because you like the group and it's a holy huddle and it's about what you're getting out of it, you just flipped it into self-serving. You're connected to men's groups, ladies' groups, Bible studies, even big church, Sunday church, because it's all designed to help us know him better. Amen? That's what this is for. That's why when we worship, we just don't, you know, do three songs and sit down. During our time of worship, we sincerely want you to know God through worship. That time of prayer, the lyric, whatever. This is designed, our heart, my heart, for you. When you leave here, is to go, man. I think I know Jesus better. (laughs) He must increase; the well must decrease. If we ever flip it here and you're more excited about the well, we did something wrong. You know, I'll tell you here, I'll tell you at home. Do not, this is not an idol. Do not idolize the well. Please. This, this whole institution, all this stuff, all this. This is just designed for you to know Jesus better. And if it ever gets in the way, then this needs to go. Okay? This, that's our heart here. And so the Apostle Paul, there's a verse... Verse 10, that I may know him, that I may know him. When was the last time you as a believer said, Lord, I just want to know you. I just want to know you. I want to have this personal experiential relationship with you, Jesus, in every area of my life. I just want to know you. And so when you have that purpose, And you have that heart, you know what that does? That actually motivates you to open the scripture. And it motivates you to connect with others. Because it's all helping you know Jesus better. And then he starts transforming your life, right? See, so the apostle Paul, his purpose before knowing Jesus was what? To be the best religious person on the planet to be successful, the best Pharisee of Pharisees. He, he had a purpose, and he was very clear, and he was pursuing it, and he was accomplishing it, right? Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisee of Pharisees. He meets Jesus. Now everything is flipped. It's not about him, and it's not about his success, and it's not about religion. It's about knowing him. And I just wonder, again, over time, for us as believers, maybe knowing him, the simplicity of just knowing him, has been lost in the busyness of life in church. We just want you to know him. We just really just want you to know him and desire to love him and walk with him, right? And, and I, I love, look at in Galatians 2.20. Listen to Paul, how this purpose comes out. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you hear the woo-hoo behind that? Because he just wants to know him. Look at that. Philippians 1.21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He just just brings it all down to that core. To me to live is Christ. And that's what we want for you, church. For for me to live is Christ. Just the joy and the commitment and the passion to live is Christ. I just want to know him. I just want to know him. Right, and that's that's why we're doing what we're doing here, is for you to get to know Him, okay? And and it may be a little bit challenging because it's that relational component, and you know some of us are relational wired; it comes easy, and others of us may not be so easy. What is to know Him, right? Because what is the greatest commandment in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, right? Teacher, which is a great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. So everything we do at the well should help you be fulfilling the great commandment. Amen? This Sunday service should be designed to help you love God with your whole being. That's why we do this. is so that you love God more. Because if you do, you'll obey him more. Obedience is a fruit of love. Jesus says if you love me, you'll obey me. It's a fruit. But again, we flip that. And you know, you look at pastors or church elders as the spiritual police and you know, we're going to we have scorecards around here and who's not here and who's here, you know. no, I know. I've been, you know, in my own walk and around churches of I know when someone loves Jesus, they you, you don't have to twist your arm to come to church. They can't wait to get to church. This love, this desire to know him, it manifests itself in your life. Okay? We don't have to be the popo. This church really, I believe, at its core has grown and flourished. Why? Because we've been true to the word of God. We are are just committed till forever to preach and teach the word of God. And in the word of God, our desire has been for you to know him and love him. That's it. Now, a lot gets done around here. We go to Mexico, a lot of people serve and all that, and people go, man, you guys are busy and you do a lot. Yeah, why? Because people are doing it out of their love for God. It's really an inside out. But you know, um, when, we, uh, when we first announced the Mexico uh, mission trip uh, several months ago, and, and I think it was like 26,000, right? 26,000 was, nest- was what was budgeted and what was needed. You know, that's a big number. And, you know, and we're not that big of a church, you know, you know it's, it's a faith step. And so if you heard that number was presented, and literally Mark or whoever would, would say, say, we ask you to pray about it. We ask you to pray about it. See, We're not like the thermometer church. And we're not going to, like, you know, manipulate, guilt trip you. We're not going to do all the telethons and all that. You know, I'm not necessarily disrespecting ways to raise funds. But generally, when we say pray about it and we trust the Lord to speak to his church and that his church will respond in faith and obedience, look what he did. Amen? Exceedingly abundantly. So our heart and our desire is really, honestly, the core for you to love God to know Jesus more and more, because when you do that, we celebrate transformation in your life. We really do, okay? And so this legal declaration, the good news includes both. Legal declaration, loving relationship, amen? That's what we're about. And so when you go now and you share the gospel with someone, share both of those. Hey, okay, there's a sin issue and, you know, we got to deal with that. And after they come to faith in Christ, now you say, okay, woohoo! hoo good news is we are privileged to have a loving relationship. Amen? We are privileged to have that. And so I just want to encourage you. The Apostle Paul, I, I love his honesty in his journey. Again, this was almost, they some say 20 to 30 years when he penned this letter about that he wants to know him. So 20 to 30 years in, he goes, I want to know him. Okay? And later in verse 12 to 14, he says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, shy, it's towards the end. I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and reach, receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us, right? We'll read it again, Shai, verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling me. See, it's that running the race metaphor. And he's saying, you know what? I'm not there yet. How many would admit today, "I'm I'm not there yet? But how many of you celebrate great progress in getting there? Amen? Right? And what he's saying is that I'm not there yet. I'm with you. But what I do every day is I choose to take another step forward. Amen? I just choose to stay in the race. I'm not there yet, but I press on. All right? Turn to the person next to you around and you say, hey, press on. Just press on. Press on. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And okay, here's the deal. We're not going to get there. Wink, wink. But we shoot high. Amen? Our goal is to be like Christ. We shoot, that's the standard. We shoot that high, we all come up. You know, and whenever he decides to take us home, that's where we're going to be good and call it good, and then we'll answer to him at the judgment seat. But, you know, until then, we're all running the race. And I love what he says. Forgetting the past and looking forward. Did Anyone mess up this week? this morning thank you bill and i forgive you so forgetting the past and looking forward the apostle paul had to do that if there's anyone because of what he did persecuting the church and everything what i love about the apostle paul is he makes a choice not to live in guilt and condemnation from his past amen if there's anyone who could have lived under the weight of, oh, my gosh, what did I do? How could I have done this? I hurt so many people. The Apostle Paul says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. And I want to encourage you, church, okay? Maybe you're getting clear today, like, okay, ooh, I got to come back to the ultimate purpose. I just got to know. Him. I want to know him. I just want to come back to knowing and loving him. Amen? Right? And if you kind of got a little bit sidetracked and you messed up and you sinned, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Confess it and receive forgiveness. But I want to encourage you that your journey is part of your testimony. You see, where Paul came from was used in a very powerful way because people were like, wasn't that the guy? Who is persecuting the church? And what did Paul say? Hey, you know what? By the grace of God, I am what I am. Amen? And some of us here in the church, maybe you've been in bondage to where you were. And you still are not at a place where you can celebrate the journey and what God has done and is doing in and through you. Okay? And here's what I want to encourage you with. I came across this. I've shared it with you before but I think it'll minister to you as we pursue this purpose of knowing Jesus, okay, and, and working through our, our past and our failures. There is uh, a Japanese art called kintsugi. It's called, uh, translated golden joinery. And what they do is uh, this pottery will break, and they use lacquer dusted with gold and other metals to put it back together. Go ahead, Shai. That's kinsugi. Kintsugi. Now listen to this, very important. It celebrates the breakage as part of the object's history rather than the end of the story. So here's here's what we do in the West when something breaks. We either get rid of it or we try to hide it. Kintsugi celebrates and incorporates the brokenness into something more beautiful. You see, when something breaks, it doesn't mean it's not useful or can't be transformed into something more beautiful than it was. Right? And, and you know, I had to add something to my collection in my office. And so, you know, this is, this is a Kintsugi replica. And this matters to me personally and pastorally. This reminds me of my own stuff and my own brokenness and my own regrets and failures before I was a Christian and even since I've been a Christian. And I look at this and I'm reminded that God's not done with me yet. And I'm reminded that he's made something more beautiful out of my life, which includes all the brokenness and all the pain and all the poor decisions and all the umpteen times I had to ask for forgiveness because I blew it again. And so I look at this and I celebrate and I say, thank you, God, for your grace. But then I look at this and I go, you know what? That's the church. The church is just made up of kintsugis. And it helps me to see each of you. As God's worksmanship in your journey. He takes your brokenness and your failures and makes something more beautiful out of it. And so we want to to encourage you, you know, when you get this clarity that I want to know him, I just want to know him, I want to love him, I want to be on that journey, right? And and I want that that purpose to permeate on my life, even though you're going to do it imperfectly, He is faithful to complete what he has begun in you. The devil will want to accuse you. Oh, look, another, another. No. God will take your brokenness. God will take those moments where you slide into the flesh and you confess and you repent, and he just uses it as part of your masterpiece. Okay? And so this morning, the Apostle Paul came to faith in Jesus, he, he experienced this legal declaration, goes, Woo-hoo, I am saved by grace through faith. Wow. And then he says, now I want to know him. I want to go from a legal declaration. I want this loving relationship with Jesus to permeate every area of my life. And that's really what his heartbeat was, to live as Christ. Everything he did, everything he suffered, he did it willfully, joyfully, because his purpose was to know Christ through all of it, to glorify God through all of it. And so I'm hoping, you know, I was like, Lord, please. It's just one of those questions that's so rarely asked. What is your purpose? Why do you do what you do? Why are you at church? And I'm hoping that through the word of God and through the spirit, we as a church have come back to, oh, we just want to know him. (laughs) I just want to love him. I just want to love him. And I want to be around people that help me love him. And I want to be at a a church where they teach the word of God because the word of God helps me love him. And I want to go to Mexico because that helps me love him. And I want to share my faith because I love him. (laughs) You see, everything we do just comes out of that. That's our heartbeat here. That is really what we're about. We want you to know him. And the more you know him, we get to celebrate Kintsugi together we really do get to celebrate and watch him transform you. When, when you. when we have the privilege to walk with some of you through your deepest trials and storms, and then we see what God did, and he added that little piece of Kintsugi to your life, I sit back and I'm just like in awe. And sometimes it's years in the making to where we get to celebrate, we'll sit in the office and we'll go, hey man, remember when you first came here? Remember what you were going through? Yeah." Remember, you didn't know if God was going to see you through, and you didn't know how it was going to play out. Yeah. Look what God's done. Yeah. And we have a Kintsugi moment because God took that little chunk of that season of life, and he put it in there, and he put his gold around it, and he says, this is part of my plan for you. It's part of your sanctification. It glorifies me. It gives glory to God. So the church is just a bunch of Kintsugi works of art. I just want to know him. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for reminding us this morning that Christianity, being a quote-unquote Christian, it begins with the celebration of a legal declaration that we are declared not guilty and fully righteous because we put our faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. A legal declaration, we are justified, made right with you by grace through faith in Jesus. And, and that's my prayer for those here, those listening at home. If you've not experienced the joy, received the joy of a legal declaration that you've been justified, I encourage you, I implore you this morning, put your faith in Jesus. Trust Him alone for salvation. Receive God's gift of salvation by grace, unmerited favor, through faith in Christ alone. And if you are a believer, and maybe you've been for a short time or a long time, and this question of what's your purpose, what's my purpose, why am I even at church, maybe it just kind of got lost in the routineness of life. Maybe this morning it's just coming back to saying, oh yeah, I want to know Jesus. I want to be able to say like the Apostle Paul, to live is Christ, to die is gain. My life is just about knowing Jesus, loving Jesus. I just want to know him. If that's you, then just express that to Father in this time of prayer, and then we'll have a time of communion with music where you can just literally sit before Father and come back to the core purpose, like the Apostle Paul, that I may know him. I just want to know you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Now I want to know you. I want to go from a legal declaration to a loving relationship in every area of my life. Thank you. Uh, we've been announcing the last few Sundays. Next Saturday, May 28th at 4 p.m., we're going to be celebrating our dear sister Thelma. Wonderful life, and uh, we've been working with her son Dennis in preparing the memorial service. So we want to invite all of you uh, if you knew Thelma and you want to just have a time with her and her family uh, next Saturday, 4 p.m. And uh, again, if you would like to help at all. Um, you can see uh, email or text Pastor Tyler. Uh, we're still looking for people to help if you'd like to help in any way. Um, and again, it's a celebration of life. Uh, she's with the Lord. And uh, man, uh, we would look forward to, to just celebrating uh, next Saturday at 4 p.m. Okay, Jordan.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Just a quick youth announcement. It's a special one, so you may know. It's coming down to the end of the school year. Uh so graduating students, although we don't have any, uh, you know, that come here regularly that are graduating, but we will be uh, inviting the new sixth grade students, or if they, ha- or if you haven't come to youth group this Wednesday, it's going to be kind of an orientation. Uh, so it's going to be, you know, a normal, you know, style of youth group. We're just going to be inviting all the new uh, kiddos in uh, to join us on Wednesdays. And so with this. I mean, we'll probably have some games and food and snacks and uh, just have some fun. So they'll also be invited to do some of the summer stuff that we'll be doing. Um, you know, we're, we're probably going to be going to Magic Mountain, so uh, we'll be updating you guys on that later. But we invite you guys to come out uh, on this Wednesday uh, if you have some new students to, to join us for a youth group.